0: Welcome to Paracusia, an audio fiction podcast with emphasis on horror, sci-fi, and high strangeness. Like what you hear? Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on iTunes and all your favorite podcast directories. Each episode will feature one individually wrapped fictional dramatization. Now, sit back and let your imagination guide you. Ladies First, by Darren Boyle and John Savoy. Claire always liked summer nights of the new moon. She loved the way the heat and the humidity made everything seem more sensual. Wade had been a good date. He was attractive and strong, and the moonlight played well against his dark skin his muscles glistened with beads of sweat, accentuating every pore, every crevice, every toned muscle fiber. His body obviously had been made strong by the hours of working in the fields for the canning company. Strapped to his back was a four-string guitar that was battered and worn by countless nights of strumming and picking at the Pepper King Roadhouse, where he first laid eyes on Claire. He noticed her immediately, even through the thick smoke and the swaying, spirited crowd that filled the dance floor. Claire had piercing blue eyes, an anomaly among the Negro population of Southern Alabama. Wade had never seen anyone like her, and he quickly felt jealousy sting in his heart as she danced, drank, smoked, and laughed with several of the patrons. But Claire had taken a notice of him, and he couldn't make out if it was simply her enjoyment of his blues guitar playing or his presence on stage or an attraction to his good looks. The night was like any other night with the crowd enjoying themselves to the fullest. And when it started to wind down and Wade sat at the back bar for a complimentary drink and to collect his $3 from the proprietor, he noticed Claire sat next to him, complimenting him on his fancy licks and his soulful vocals. She suggested he take a bus trip up to Memphis to record, or even further still, Chicago, St. Louis, or Detroit, where the blues was bigger than the south. They talked for what seemed like an hour until the bartender said he was closing up and they needed to leave. Claire placed her hand on Wade's arm and asked him to walk her home to a rooming house she was staying at across the tracks. Wade agreed, and the two exited the roadhouse and Claire led the way down the dusty streets. Even though Wade was a handsome man, he had never had an opportunity like this. Most of the patrons that hung out into the early morning until the Pepper King Roadhouse cleared out and shut down were either dying of consumption or late-aged widows looking for a young buck to help them with chores in the morning. The two walked, talking about travels and where they had been. Wade's travels were not as exciting as Claire's, as she talked about New Orleans, about San Francisco, New York City, and even Paris. Wade talked about Mobile and Montgomery, of cotton fields and taxmen, of corrupt police, cotton fields, and canning. But Claire listened intently. She hung on his every word and was genuinely interested in his life. Claire led Wade down a road some two miles and then down an alleyway and then another. Wade was so wrapped up in the moment he had not realized where exactly he was. Claire was also distracted by thinking if she should take him and have her way now in this narrow alley or wait until they got closer to the shadows of the stand of the large oak trees that she saw just ahead. She reached over and placed her hand in his and hadn't heard the light footsteps behind until it was too late. She turned around just in time to see a freckled arm with a large pipe coming down on Wade's head and to have a white cloth cover her face, and then everything went dark. When she slowly opened one eye groggily, she could hear laughter and malicious, taunting voices, and also terrible, sudden moans of pain. She looked to where the sounds were coming from and could see Wade tied to a weathered post and white-robed figures around him, lit and shadowed by a burning cross in the distance. There was one figure in the center in a red robe, whipping Wade with a bullet. She could see the flow of blood off his back and suddenly she was fully awake and aware of every conceivable thing within the general area. She could hear the earthworms below her. She could smell the burning wood and taste the soot of the burning cross. She could hear cicadas in the trees. She could see the thousand stars above her with intense clarity. She then realized she was laid flat on the ground and tied around the ankles and wrists, and she could feel a heavy-set man starting to press up against her below the waist. As he tried to undo her belt on her skirt, she saw him in his hoodless robe looking at her as he was calling to the others. Hey, the coon bitch is the white. Time to show her a good time. He then leaned in a little closer and Claire could see the redness of his alcohol-fueled eyes and the rancid odor of steel tobacco upon his breath. His weight crushed her against her bosom and made it nearly impossible for her to breathe. Rest easy, nigga. I'll go easy on you. Well, at least for the first time, these boys will poke you in every hole, and you're gonna like it. Claire swallowed down burning acidic bile that swelled up from her stomach. But then, just as the freckled-faced man leaned in, his tongue gliding its mass dripping of saliva and chewing tobacco up her neck and toward her ear, she felt a fiery rage deep within her. He didn't have time to make a noise as she buried her teeth into his jugular and ripped out muscles and tendons in half of his voice box. Blood sprayed down upon her and she ripped free of her bounds in an animal-like fury. The man rolled to the side, clutching his neck as blood pooled around him. His eyes wide and his breath labored. He rolled over on his back, cursing or whispering a prayer. Claire could not tell. She leaned over him, removing his hand that was holding the wound closed and preventing death. She reached down and jabbed her fingers deep into his neck, her long fingernails penetrating the flesh easily and reaching through until she met the bones at the end of the skull. The man's eyes bulged out and his arms flailed relentlessly, unable to scream in pain. But Claire proceeded to grasp around the spine and lifted the heavy man up to his feet and then, smiling now, she tossed him towards one of the oak trees, his head thumping against it and his body went limp. She then turned her attention to the sounds of the whip and the moans. Nobody had noticed what had just happened as her attention was on Wade. Wade was grinning because by his vantage point, he saw what had just happened beside the oak tree and he saw Claire approaching the man from behind, unnoticed. Sure as sunshine, this boy can really take it. Now in here, this boy's grinning like a possum in this sweet table. Now, black boy, we're gonna smash your guitar. Now, we're going smash your black That'll teach you a for cross with a sign of the, the tricks. Claire slipped up behind the red robed figure and ripped his hood off. He spun to face her with a look of contempt and indignation. But by the time he saw her face, it was too late. She had bent his neck. with protruding fangs sank deep into his neck and was drinking feverishly. The others in the white robes had first started to advance on her but now were running towards the trees away from the firelit cross. Claire released the red robed man, and he fell to the ground motionless. Claire walked over to Wade and saw the white gashes on his back and the rivers of blood some even starting to dry. He had a look of helplessness but he smiled widely. She ran her finger across one deep wound and licked it clean, and she leaned into Wade and said, I can give you the power to make them pay. Just give yourself to me and stay mine forever. Between labor breaths of pain, Wade whispered back as determinedly as he could, I knew you was different. Yes, yes, I want the gift and to be yours. I knew when we met, I wanted to be yours forever, one way or another. Claire gently pulled his head back by his short hair and gently and longingly buried herself into his neck until their breathing became synchronized. Then she finally pulled away and softly ran her fingers through his hair as she stood back up beside him. After a few minutes, the gashes on Wade's back started to heal and close like some kind of miracle faith healers would envy. He stood up and snapped the ropes tying him to the post. The burning cross now fully engulfed broke and fell to the ground in a fiery crash. Wade's eyes flared yellow and his teeth glistened as he looked towards the woods and said, Ladies first.